painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. From paintings to prints, from woodwork to writing, there is no limit to what art you can find at the Winona Art Walk. Hosted across the city of Winona, several local artists came together to share the unique artworks and styles. Today on Artbeat, we get to hear part two of our trip down Winona's local art scene. Our first artist is Emilio de Grazia, a wordsmith that creates art through the pages. I'm here with local artist Emilio de Grazia. How are you doing today, sir? I'm slightly above average. How are you? I'm doing good myself. What are you presenting here for the uh, art walk? Well, I have on display the books that small publishers have published on my behalf. Uh, most of them are books I have written myself. Others, There's a few others that are anthologies that I've co-edited with my wife, Monica, who is also, by the way, a graduate of Winona State. What are some of your stories? Can you summarize some of them? It's difficult to talk about books that are fairly complex. One uh, called Billy Brazil is about professors' uh, issues with students who have mental health issues and um, uh, the struggles, in a sense, uh, dealing with um, the problems that, that affect not only the classroom but, but everyday life. For both, um, for all the people involved, yeah. Well, I will say it's uh, we don't see a lot of art done through the written medium as often. We often see art kind of uh, uh, appeal to the visual aspect of our senses. There's not really enough credit given to those who are like authors who've written who who do it through uh, the symbols we call letters. It's something that you don't often see at these art shows. Well, the word art is. Um it's so big that it's it's probably somewhat meaningless, and I, I think you're absolutely correct in thinking that it's usually attached to people who deal with visual media, and uh, rather than than writers, uh, we don't we don't talk about the writer as an artist as often. We do talk of often lousy musicians. We call them artists no matter what, and I, I think it's um, it's a term that deserves a lot of attention and doesn't get enough attention uh, in, in that art is connected to uh, what we call artifice and artifice is stuff that is made up in a way and artifice is also as a word connected to the word artificial and artificial means phony so we we like to ask or I think we should be asking what's the relationship between art and what is not phony or artificial but real um, and uh, who really deserves to be called an artist. Well, that's an interesting thing to think about. You look at the art around us here, like, which one's real, which one isn't. I mean, they're all portraying, like, real feelings and real thoughts, but are they really tangible in today's world? Are, are, are they real? Oh, God, that's a really interesting thing to think about. <laughs> I'm sure our audience will have a fun time wrapping their heads around that. Uh, how long have you been writing books? I think I started writing in the sixth grade. Uh, Mrs. Ilza was my teacher there, and we were asked to write poems. 
And I chose to write a poem about the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Marie. Santa Maria, I guess. And I had a hard time rhyming a word with Maria. So, yeah, I, I, it goes way back to there. And actually, I think in fourth grade, I was writing a short story about striking out the sides with the bases loaded. Well, what would you say is your biggest struggle when you're trying to write? What is, what is the block that keeps you from achieving these goals? Distraction. Um, I think if you're going to stay with a work of art, you need to concentrate, and that usually means uh, you have to achieve the discipline to carve out the blocks of time that will sort of um, make sure that you stare at the blank page which is a different approach from waiting for inspiration. Um, inspiration comes and goes, and if, if you're subject to inspiration, you're likely to spend a lot of time uninspired and not doing anything. Before I end this interview, uh, what would you like our audience to hear? If Good music. That's a... That's a yeah, <laughs> that's a good response. Well, thank you for doing this interview with us. Thank you very much. Next, we have Bob Calvey with a form of art that kindles new life in dead wood. I'm here with local artist Bob Calvey. How are you doing today? Very good, very good, yes. So what are you presenting here at the Art Walk? Uh, I, I do a lot of woodworking, and then, uh, today I got mostly bowls here today that I turn on the lathe and in uh, every kind of wood you can think of just about, but uh, I've been doing this all my life. It's... Uh, uh, passion, I guess you could call it. <laughs> well, why wood? Why was wood the medium you chose to use? I, I guess it started back in high school. I had a good uh, shop teacher, and, and he got me into wood, and, and uh, that's what I like working with. I, I, I didn't start turning bowls here until about five years ago, and mainly it was furniture and, and things like that. Uh, but uh, I just, wood, wood is, I, I don't know, I have a passion for wood. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite wood to use? Or do you not have a preference? I don't have a set. I, I love walnut. Walnut is a good wood. Uh, cherry. Uh, but I've used other types of wood that uh, is available around here. Most of my wood that I do in bowl turning is local wood. It's not, and it's usually dead deadfall wood or... Somebody cut a tree down that was in their yard or wherever I can find wood, I, I go, go get it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It reminds me of an old quote. It says, with every forest fire, it leaves ashes for a new forest to grow. So you take wood that's been dead or that's no longer, you know, alive, and you're like, you know, what? I'm going to make something good out of this destruction. That's right. Yep, yep. That's a good way to do it. Uh, I don't like to see, you know, go out in the woods and cut a tree down that's, you know, you know, could still be living good, but I just wait until they're available when they're down already. <laughs> well, what's the usual process you use to make these? Well, first you got to find, you know, you find the wood. And I, a lot of my wood, I let it age, you know, outside for a while, and then I bring it in. And a lot of these bowls, I have to twice turn them. I turn them rough and then let them dry. Or sometimes I'll even, if they're small enough, I use a microwave to to help dry them and then then I mount them on the lathe and whatever the wood speaks to me to make out of it that's what I I do sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to what I'm what shape I'm going for until I start cutting on it
Is there anything you'd like our audience to hear about your work or anything? Well, I, I, uh, I do take commissions sometimes on, on furniture, you know, depending on my workload. Uh, but uh, I, I, I got one commission here uh, on Friday night for a rocking chair, and I was happy on that. That's a big item to build. And these, they're called a Sam Maloof rocking chair, and they're, they're a lot of work. I put a lot of, a lot of time into one. Well, I want to thank you for doing this interview with us. No problem. Thank you. Next, we have Rebecca Vanacker with a form of art that blooms with the beauty of nature and fantasy. I'm here with local artist Rebecca Vanacker. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. So what are you presenting here for the Art Walk? Um, I've brought my ideally large acrylic flowers, very bright colors. I like, I like a lot of mediums, but I just kind of um, chose to show these for the show. These are acrylic, but I do like pastels. Um, that's like kind of a chalk. And I also like watercolor. And um, I, I'll do all kinds of things. I butterflies. Um, I do some fantasy drawings, characters. These things are like, um, I would put the color down first and just make it as messy as I can. <laughs> and then when it's dry, I will go back with marker and see if I can see anything in there. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like a, oh, I can't remember what those paintings are called, uh, where they just have a bunch of dots everywhere, and it's like you have to see the image inside. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of uh, you kind of play on a pareidolia to get your art out. Yeah, sometimes. Um, these, these For these, I do, yeah. For these, I will take, take picture. Um, I'm always taking pictures. And anything that has good lighting in it, I'll do. This was a practice painting for that one right there. Um, so then this one's a little bit larger, but yeah. Well, uh, you talked about creating characters. Do you have, I know you don't have any examples with us, but can you describe like what a lot of these are? Um, so they're like game characters. So like anyone who plays D and D or World of Warcraft or things like that, they will, and I know them from playing those games cause I'm a geek and I love doing this, but so they will contact me and then I'll They'll describe their character, give me a picture, and I'll do that and then mail it to them. So. That's amazing. Uh, well, is there anything you'd like our audience to hear before I end the interview? Um, stop on by. <laughs> We're here till four. All right. Well, I want to thank you for doing this interview with us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Next, we have Sydney Stewart with a form of art that is as unstable as water. I'm here with local artist Sydney Stewart. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. So what are you presenting here at the Art Walk? Um, my art is called Fluid Acrylic Paintings or Fluid Pour Paintings. I take acrylic paint, um, thin them down, and pour them out either on a wood, um, on a piece of wood or, or a canvas or some tiles. And I make um, a lot of coasters using the tiles. Well, what made you choose this medium of art? Um, after I retired from teaching, I um, took an uh, abstract art class. And the kindest thing that my teacher could tell me was that I had a good eye for color because nothing, nothing I, I made with a paintbrush turned out the way I wanted it or, or looked the way I wanted it to look. So I thought there had to be a better way to put paper or put paint onto canvas. So uh, I started YouTubing and found this art form and um, have taken many, many classes since. And... Um, learned how to resin and how to varnish my pieces so that they're finished nicely and so they're ready just to either display or to use in your home. Yeah, they're really gorgeous to have these uh, 
these amazing different slabs here with all these amazing colors, and they almost look like uh, almost like sedentary rock, but with very vibrant colors to them. Yeah, I do gather a lot of inspiration from nature, especially um, the ocean. And unfortunately, we don't live anywhere near the ocean, but I, I still um, enjoy. I love the ocean colors, um, rocks, flowers. Um, yeah, I do. I do, and I, I kind of get stuck on blues. Um, I have a hard time not putting blue into a painting, so. Um, you know, I guess that's where I gather my inspiration. Right, right. And it, it makes sense. You, you know, cool cool colors, they give a very a calming feel. And you say the ocean, you know, the ocean can be kind of reckless. But it's still, a, we always associate with something very calming and f almost flowing. And water in general, we associate with that. Mm -hmm. And we may not be near the ocean, but we are in the land of 10,000 lakes. And we are in this town right next to the river. Right. And there's some beautiful sunsets off those rivers and lakes. So um, that also inspires some of my work, the sunsets. So you say you put uh, put it over wood. Is the wood the only material you'll put this over, or? No, um, I use canvas. So um, canvases, and then the um, cradled wood panels, um, and then um, tiles. I have made um, Christmas ornaments in the past. I've made um, little trinket boxes where people could like put their earrings or jewelry in next to their bed. So I I, I use a lot of different um, different. Um, ways to put the paint onto onto a medium so what would you say is your favorite medium i like making the coasters i like making the the all the small art so i make four coasters that fit into a a set and i just love the way that none of them are the same even though i use the exact same colors and the same technique they all turn out a little differently so all right well before i end this interview would there be anything you'd like our audience to hear I show some of my work at a gallery in La Crosse called uh, River City Gallery on Main Street. So if you want to see any of my work, it's always there. All right, well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate it, too. Next, we have Linda Clavo, who not only provided a facility for many of our artists, but presented art of her own. I'm here with local artist Linda Clavo. How are you doing today, Linda? I'm doing wonderfully. It's a good day to be on an art tour. So what are you presenting here today? Um, this is my studio. It's Mississippi Mornings Art Studio. Um, we're part of the Winona Art Walk. I have uh, my watercolors and three other artists at our studio today. Well, what, do you, what would you say is the inspiration for a lot of your watercolors? What do you use to make your art with? <laughs> it's it's um, daily inspiration for me, just waking up where I live, right here along the, um, having our studio along the Mississippi River. There is an endless amount of inspiration every day, everywhere I look. Um, I like to paint whatever I see. <laughs> it's a fun thing to do. Well, what would you say is a struggle you have? Like, what blocks your creativity? Uh, I'm not the most original artist. I, I see things that I like to paint, but if I don't, um, I, I, I like to see a photograph to paint from. Um, but I try. I try doing plein air paintings. I try different mediums. I like to paint with, um, with watercolor, but different kinds of paper and... I'm pretty adventurous, I guess. I'm new at this, and I, I like to try a lot of stuff. I do what I call play in the paint. <laughs> well, I imagine uh, with all these, uh, you know, with all these adventures, you're going to have a few mistakes. You know, how do you handle them? 
Oh my gosh. I, I, because it's watercolor, it's a piece of paper and I throw it away and I, I put it in the garbage and then my husband digs it out and <laughs> keeps it sometimes, but, um, it's kind of interesting. I, I just, if I, if I make a big blob mistake, I just throw it away, paint another one. Right. But it doesn't stop you though. Oh no, no. Just keep, I just keep painting. I paint every day and I enjoy it and I just do it for the fun of it. Um, as part of learning you, you know, to, um, to be able to just, to paint and try it again and, and keep doing it over and over. Sometimes they turn out, sometimes they don't. Well, is there anything you'd like our audience to hear before I end this interview? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I would like them to know that you can always come out and call me at Mississippi Mornings and find out what we do here. Well, I want to thank you for your time again, and thank you for putting this whole thing on. Ah, you're welcome. I'm glad you came. Next, we have Pete Fetch, with a form of art that we see every day, but don't appreciate enough. I'm here with local artist Pete Fetch. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? Doing all right. So what are you presenting for the Art Walk today? Well, I've got some screen-printed greeting cards, and I've got some posters, gig posters, uh, art prints, test prints, and some other odds and ends. Well, how do you make these? Well, I screen print them. So if you're familiar with that, it's, it's a process. So you create a positive of the artwork, and then you somehow get that burned into a screen to create a stencil. And then you, you pull a squeegee over the, the stencil to, to get the artwork to come out onto the paper. And, um, yeah. Well, it's definitely different, and I imagine it's not what many people would imagine being the conventional form of art. But it, it definitely is, evidently. You have all these amazing designs and color schemes. It's just, my favorite one is here that's like, a, it says dad, but like the D's are eyes and A's a nose, and there's a little mouth connecting the two. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. So typography, yeah, I, I like to play around with typography whenever I can, and but yeah, most of them are illustrated and uh, graphic. So I'm trained as a graphic designer. So I, I really like being able to, to create something and print it and see it come out as an object, you know, that people can use somehow. Where could people have seen your work around Winona then? Because I imagine we would see graphic design all over the place. Have they seen your work anywhere they might find familiar? Um, I'm not sure if they would, but I do have some of these objects, uh, cards and things at uh, the Marine Art Museum and at the Historical Society um, and at Orno Gift Shop. Um, yeah, and then as far as where else you would see my graphic design, I don't know if you would, uh, but uh, I've, I've designed a Bible cover uh, for the for, uh, Augsburg Press. That was a long time ago, so... Anyway, yeah, I, I'm not sure you would, but it's uh, as far as this stuff goes, it, it, you can get them at the Marine Art Museum, or also I say the Historical Society and Orno gift shop. So, what would you say is the biggest struggle you have when you do this stuff? What, what do you say is the biggest wall you have to like push through? It's mm, a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Other than um, it's it is a certain process so there are certain things that you have to do and 
that doesn't always work, you know. So there there are technical challenges that are probably pretty boring to to hear about, but it's it's it is a process that I like and and it's um it's not always the same, you know. So not you know every so for instance all these different cards um it's not the same each time. So Right. I've noticed the uh, you also got a little thing there, no racism anytime. Uh-huh. What sparks that? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> just the time we live in um, the past few years. And just family and friends who have been feeling uncomfortable or just angry. And yeah, so it just came out of, a, uh, of a, just a let's just be nice to each other and, you know, um, come on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. I'll say it's uh, definitely unique given what many people have seen here on the art walk it's not like i said the conventional sense of art but it definitely is and unlike most of the stuff you see at the art where it grips your attention and it gets you to look at it these are more like yes it gets your attention but it also is something that you would see in the background kind of something that's not too out there but is definitely unique mm-hmm. maybe you the utilitarian maybe or is that what you're thinking or Maybe, if I knew what that word meant. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, as far as a graphic designer, my background, just making things like this, I think it's, for me, it's kind of fun to see people use them or, you know, it's, uh, as, for, you know as far as a greeting card goes, it's uh, something that they're going to share with somebody else. And I think that's kind of fun. You know, it's, uh, it's a simple kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I know what you totally mean, but uh, but I, I if I go on this on the utilitarian something that's uh, usable, something that you know people can take and use for something, you know, for greeting cards, obviously it's for cards to give to somebody else to say hi or celebrate. But then as far as posters go, what's cool about that is working with bands. And, you know, they approach you about sometimes openly. They just say, we need a, a poster for a gig coming up. But they might also say we need it to kind of convey their new album coming out. And so have there been any artists that you've worked with that are from Winona or from the area? From the area or somebody that probably people are aware of is Charlie Parr. Um, I've, I've done a bunch of posters with him for him. Um, Let's see what else. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 I would, he would probably be the most recognizable one. Yeah, I imagine many of our audience would know who Charlie Parr is, especially if they listen to my segment. I absolutely love him. Yeah. But um, who knows? They might know some of the other artists you've worked with. So yeah, so uh, the Pines, um, uh, jazz guys, uh, Nathan Hansen, uh, Brian Ressler, um, some other people. Um, in the past, when uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, the Wits uh, show that was on uh, public radio for a while, worked with them. You probably noticed that I did a lot of stuff in the Twin Cities, so I I moved back to the area from from uh, St. Paul. I lived there for a bunch for a time. Grew up in Arcadia, so I came back to the area recently. So yeah, so. Well, I gotta say, you have quite the array of designs here. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to our audience before I end the interview? 
hello. <laughs> no, I don't. Sorry. Uh, it's all good. Well, thank you for doing this interview. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. And that's the end of our trip down the local art scene of Winona. For more info on the Art Walk, go to www.winonaartwalk.org. For more conversations about art, tune into Artbeat, Tuesdays at 12.30, right here at 89.5 KQAL. I'm Giovanni Bermudez. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.